Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast with Devin Turak, Patrick Gleason, and Paul Sanders. And now, here's the show. And welcome to episode 46 of the Out of the Basement Podcast. I am, as always, Devin Turak. We do not have Patrick Gleason with us this week. For the first time, I think... I don't want to say ever, because there have no, been at least it's, two... It's, it's, it's not ever. I remember another football one, or pre-football, that we had at his place. He went out to the airport and basically missed the entire podcast. Oh, I don't remember that one, but I remember... I know there's This was these, ages ago. There's there's one that he wasn't involved in, because I was just me and my sister. There's been a couple that I've done at Adepticon, which no one else was involved in but me. But anyway, so it's a very rare occurrence for Gleason not to be here. But this is one of those occurrences. Uh, apparently mm-hmm. he was ill today, unable to make it down. But uh, joining me is original founding member Patrick Ramsahoy, back Hello. once again. Hello. And, of course, <laughs> friend of the show, frequent contributor, Dwayne. Hi. <laughs> You've already heard nice his voice, so you know he's here. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's start once again, as we always do, with our week in the hobby, or our weeks in the hobby, because it's been a while since we've all got together. Yeah. Patrick, what have you been up to? Um, well, I'm uh, still running that uh, D&D 3.5 campaign mm-hmm. that uh, Patrick and Dwayne are involved in. How's that going? That's going along pretty well. Uh, we managed to uh, have our foray off-world taken care of. Um, this was because Pat has decided to bring in a uh, minotaur monk paladin from the land of Kryn. Kryn, right. All right. So it was how do we get somebody from Kryn into this world that we created. And, okay. Uh, I figured, okay, they were traveling and uh, got bumped off uh, course. Uh, and uh, basically, the scenario was uh, uh, an adventure, or a couple of adventures from XCOM, Enemy Unknown, <laughs> with uh, okay. more or less a Star Wars plot. Okay. And I've even managed to make Doctor Who canon in the campaign now. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, interesting, okay. Yep. That, that sounds fun. awesome, actually. <laughs> now, if only you were playing a good game, I'd totally take part in that. <laughs> the boycott I've of three... A good system. A good system, It's a right. very good you're game. Right. Mm. If you don't like the system, that's... You know, that's another issue. Yeah, my boycott of uh, Wizards of the Coast is still ongoing. Uh... 15 years strong, I think, maybe even 20, mm-hmm. whenever they bought um, the, the D&D franchise from uh, TSR. Mm. And basically, when, the second they put out third ad is when I stopped doing anything D&D related. Although, um, it looks like I might be starting up a, it's not a campaign, it'll be like a one-off, uh, a, a second ad D&D game at the end of the month. Uh, my friend Tara, back in town from uh, her new home in... Five Brunswick. 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 You want? No, no, she's she's in a small town in uh, New Brunswick. Okay. I thought it was Fredericton, but... Uh... No, no, Fredericton's way too big a town. She She's she's basically back in her small hometown that she grew up in. Okay. Uh, so she's, she's coming back to visit. Uh, her fiancé is still here until the end of March, I believe. So she's come back visiting all her friends. Uh, we're doing, I think, a board game night one night that she's here, and then she wants she and um, uh, her boyfriend or fiance both want to do like a, a classic dungeon crawl. And so I'm I'm trying to find a, a nice module to run that would be geared towards like first level characters because basically I'm I'm going to make pre gen characters for all of them so we don't waste time. Yeah. And then run them through a classic D and D dungeon crawl. 
So I'm actually really looking forward to that. It's been a very long time since I've played D&D. Or ran D&D. I forget, were you thinking of uh, just trying out Pat's uh, fifth ed? Uh, I, I will. I, I will try it out. That that will be the official breaking of my Wizards of the Coast boycott. Okay. Okay. All my other boycotts have been uh, have been broken. <laughs> my Kevin Costner boycott, which was a very very long boycott, was broken by Man of Steel. I see. And this is something you have in common with Jen. <laughs> Does she my, not like my, Kevin Costner? My, my, my wife. Absolutely loathes Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, he's an odious fellow who takes part in crap movies, which is unfortunate, or fortunate for me because I had no interest in seeing any of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's Pat. You're doing your D and D. Is there anything else you've been doing video game wise? Um, not really. My desktop was under the weather, and I just got it back. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> There's a lot of that going around these days. No. Uh, you're talking about uh, what, uh, having to do a, this is the, or the Force is Not With You mm-hmm. reminded me, one of the very first impressions I got out of The Force Awakens, since I wasn't involved in that conversation, right. that it was an adventure from the West End games, uh, uh, it, Star it, Wars. It, it did seem very <laughs> swashbuckling and... Like, yeah, I, 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 I was trying to that. identify how many of the uh, archetypes that, from that game were oh, showing yeah. up in there. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, though, under under the actual by the book West End D six rules, there's no way Ray would be that powerful that quickly. Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's true. Unless she had had a lot of force points points saved up, (laughs) a lot, a lot, like a few hundred. Uh, The way I've been running my game, and I've I've done this for as long as I can remember. Um, and we've actually talked about this before. You have the option of either spending your character points out of game mm-hmm. to improve your character uh, abilities. But the main method of using character points in my games is actually learning through doing. So it's basically, if you have character points, you hoard them, and then during game, if you if your roles just aren't quite good enough, you get the chance to spend those character points to improve your roles. And by doing so, uh, I, I let them build up towards improving their skills. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stansbury must uh, have taken that from you. Yeah, that, that's, that's the house rule that I've done. He does the same thing. It just, it makes, it, to me it makes more sense. I mean, you're, you have these character points, and if you, traditionally in the game, if you use them in combat, you lose them, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So you have, you, you're, you're always juggling the, the option between either improving your character or saving your life. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I've, Noticed it just in real life in general. You almost learn more from failure, failure, or, or just from doing things than by reading a book or, or having someone in, instruct you on how to do something. Mm-hmm. So it would make more sense to me for you to improve your character, and not only that, but actually improve your your skills immediately while you're using the, your character points. Mm-hmm. So, which is that's the reason I've, I've adopted it, and I think it makes the game a lot more fun. It does. Okay, Dwayne, what have you been up to? Well, the big news um, that I've been sitting on for a while, uh, we didn't, the last podcast I was on, The Force Awakens, The Power of Gas, right. we didn't do what we've been doing in the hobby. Um, I've actually got my ticket to Ottawa Comic Con. Oh, nice. So uh, I scrimped and saved and all that bit, and 
had a nice little 15% off sale. Right. So I have my VIP pass. Excellent. You'll be saving seats for us. (laughs) If I can, if I can. And so anyway, um, yeah, so that's done. And they've started announcing guests Mm -hmm. and that. uh, First one that they brought up was uh, Kevin Eastman, who co-created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Not really something I'm interested in, but Mm -hmm. decent guest to get. But since then, uh, they announced... Um, Karen Gillan, mm-hmm. yes, uh, famously from Doctor Who, as well as Guardians of the Galaxy, and a gorgeous Scottish redhead. So you can just imagine how gone I am about that. <laughs> um, who was she in Guardians? Was she Nova? She played Nova. 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 Yeah, she right. was Nebula. Or, or Nebula. Nebula. Yeah, Nebula. Yeah. Right. It's completely unrecognizable. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's her. Old and blue skinned. Yeah, and the, no accent. And the other ones that I'm interested in so far. Um, John Reese Davies. Yeah, that's that's very coming. interesting. So, looking forward to that, and also Rene Abrazawah, mm. who played Odo, Odo on Deep Space Nine, and a lot of other roles, and tons and tons and tons and tons of things. Mm. I mean, like he even did the voice of the chef in The Little Mermaid. Well, I, I can believe that. But but just strictly talking about Star Trek, I think he's been in every every franchise. He's at least made a guest appearance in every franchise. He's been in a number of things, yeah. I, I know he was an admiral in Next Gen. Mm-hmm. So Was he an admiral? Oh, anyway, he was he was there. And I think I saw him in... Um, uh, well, he was an officer in the Undiscovered Country, wasn't he? Was he? Uh, I think so. No, the crossover there was they had uh, Michael Dorn playing one of Worf's ancestors. Mm. Yeah, he, he played yeah, the... Yeah, uh, he played the... But uh, Undiscovered Country was well before DS9. Or Defender. Mm-hmm. Undiscovered Country would have been way before, um, before DS9. Yeah, I think that was sort of his introduction into the Star Trek universe. No. I, th- I, I think you're right. Know, or he might have, might have done something maybe. in Next Generation. Yeah. He was definitely in Next Generation as, I think, an admiral. Or as uh, one of the podcasts I listen to calls it, a bad admiral, because all the admirals seem to be bad people. Like they seem to have their own agendas and, and mm. secrets they're hiding, and it's just a funny quirk of, uh, of Next Generation. Well, well that started, sort of carries yeah, off well, from uh, it started. It started Next Gen like in the first season. Yeah, when they were doing the alien parasite. Yeah, uh, which they never, which touched, they never touched again. again. <laughs> that would have been a fantastic movie that they could have taken the uh, the first. That the, the next generation into if they wanted to do movies with them, that would have been one way to step into the movie. Um, I think genre. Or I think they basically decided theme. that that was just not the direction they wanted to go. Yeah, I guess. And so they screeched <laughs> the brakes on, and I think that's never just, went back. I think it's just a Star Trek thing because I don't think even in the original series. Kirk didn't have a superior officer who wasn't anything more than a voice who wasn't yeah, working true. against him in some way or that, another. <laughs> and also in in the first <coughs> first season of Next Generation, they there really wasn't um, story arcs. Like everything was episodic. Mm-hmm. Next Generation, in fact, Star Trek up until I think the fourth or fifth season of Next Gen had always been episodic, and that was the first time they brought in the season finale, which was a a two parter. To the season premiere of the next one, which is the Locutus episode. Well, actually, that one that we're we're talking about with the alien invasion, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there were two or three episodes 
that led up to it. Well, uh, including uh, including that one episode. Okay, it's it's possible, but but again, overarchingly, there there was no like storyline, like not the way in, in Bat Five, yeah, where the start of season one and the end of season five or six or whatever it was. That, actually that's actually one continuous story. Yeah. Well, that that was one of the first shows to actually do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So uh, Rene Auvergnois was in Star Trek VI: Undiscovered Country as yeah. Colonel West, right. uncredited, by the way. So really? it was just a it was just a small role that he did for whatever reason. Okay. Um, and of course, also in Deep Space Nine, but I don't think he's popped up anywhere else in Star Trek. I just scrolled through and. I could have sworn I saw I him find elsewhere. Anything. Oh, but um, but yeah. So definitely looking forward forward to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and other stuff. I just finished Daredevil. The, so, the, the, the TV, TV show on Netflix. TV, TV series on Did you Netflix. Like it? I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I expect Daredevil to be on the darker side for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I'm planning on doing, I haven't yet, uh, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I have a Marvel Unlimited subscription. Mm-hmm. All of the Frank Miller Daredevil is in Marvel Unlimited. Okay. So, I'm planning on taking some time and checking that out. Nice. Um, I think I'll start... read anything Frank Miller. If, if Frank Miller has put it out, I'll probably read it. Well, he's gotten a bit dicey past number of years. Everything I've heard about uh, the Dark Knight Strikes Again has been bad. Yeah, but who are you hearing the, hearing this from? Like, uh, like comics press, basically. I read a fair number of sites, reviews yeah. from a large number of sources, people whose opinions I've generally come to trust, okay. and all of it was like, you know... That it was lousy. Um, I've been hearing better things about the current series, Dark Knight Three: The Master yeah. Race. Yeah, I think I think I believe the second issue of that is out now. Yeah, I, I was listening to a Kevin Smith podcast, uh, probably Fat Man on Batman, where he was talking about um, the the new Frank Miller um, series that was coming out, and the first episode or first issue was really good. He, he very much enjoyed that. Yeah. So, there's that. Uh, I've started the first episode of Jessica Jones. That, actually, I find far darker. Oh, really I can believe important. that. I, I am familiar with the character. I never actually read um, Alias, which was the Max series that, uh, that um, introduced her. Okay. So... If you've heard of a particular encounter with Luke Cage in the Netflix series, that is lifted pretty much straight from the comics. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I expect that to be darker. But uh, I've seen Kristen Ritter in other things. Mm-hmm. I think she's pretty talented. And oh, she's liking great. what I've seen in in the episode so far mm-hmm. and I'm also just really intrigued of seeing David Tennant as an <laughs> absolute sleazeball villain yeah so oh, he is and yeah you know so Kilgrave I think that's what to call him yeah yep. he's uh he's quite the asshole although 
thinking about it. If I had his sort of powers, I don't know if I would be any much, any different than he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that kind of power would seriously. Oh, yeah. As far as absolute power morals. corrupting, absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. the power to have people do whatever you say yeah. is really really corrupting. Um, I can understand though why they didn't stick Tennant in purple makeup. <laughs> that would have just been just horrible. But he horrible, does, horrible, horrible, horrible. He does keep a purple theme about himself. He does. Yes, he does. I mean, like, that much has been obvious just from the previews I've mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, no, it's a really good show, and I, I really want to love it. But it's just I don't know. There was there was something about it that was just too dark and too oppressing. So, uh, so looking for like looking forward to that. We'll see how far I get through it. Well, I'm sure you'll finish it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil season two comes out at the end of this or March. In March. In March. Right. Comes out in March. So, so that's coming up very quickly. Looking forward to that. There is mm-hmm. already noise about giving. Uh, I think the actor's name is John Bernthal, or something. Uh, he's playing the Punisher. Okay. In Daredevil season two, oh, yeah, he's and getting his own always Netflix. about getting his own Netflix series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the first spinoff of this little Marvel Netflix plan that mm-hmm. we've heard about. Um, and it's interesting to hear that already because we still haven't heard very many details at all about Iron Fist. Right. And for a while, it looked like they were going to cancel Iron Fist. Just, that was the rumor. That, that was the rumor. Yeah, I don't think the they were ever planning on it. But well, that, that's that's what that's what we'll see. The people I mean, like, in showbiz were talking. Mm-hmm. The thing the thing with Iron Fist is that the character shows its age. Sure, definitely. It is a project. It was Marvel cashing in on the kung fu craze in the seventies. Right. They did two things there. They did Iron Fist, mm-hmm. and they did uh, Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Right. And uh, Shang-Chi has its own problems in that they used an old pulp character named Fu Manchu. <laughs> um, definitely not a stellar example of enlightened use of Asian characters, right. to put it mildly. Um, as well, the rights to Fu Manchu were very tangled for a very long time. It's right. only in the last year Marvel's gotten full permission to reprint all of the old Shang-Chi series because for quite a while there they weren't allowed to use Fu Manchu mm-hmm. at all. Um, they have used him. They've just referred to him obliquely. Okay. Stuff like that. He was actually a main character in an excellent show called in an excellent series called Agents of Atlas that I that I highly recommend. Okay. Um but, yeah. So, Iron Fist, the whole problem, of course, is it's the whole white savior yeah. trope. Tro- yeah. Where, the white man goes the white, to a foreign the, land. The white, the white man goes to, essentially, the white man goes to Asia, yep. and he is better at the stuff than the Asians are. Yeah. You know, and that's putting aside the whole all Asians are martial artists. <laughs> <laughs> so, the character shows its age. Yeah. But, on the other hand, uh, the character is enjoying a certain renaissance. Uh, 
there was an excellent series with him a couple of years ago. Um, he is a supporting character in the Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors cartoon show Okay. Uh, that's currently ongoing and has been for a few years now. Um, he is a playable character on Disney Infinity. Okay. So I can understand why they want to do something with him, but why maybe taking a certain amount of time to make the right approach. Right. And that, as far as gaming goes, uh, as Pat mentioned, I'm participating in his uh, 3.5 campaign. Right. I'm just about to start uh, a friend's brother uh, who lives up in Yellowknife is actually running a uh, basically, it's pretty much a Barsoom campaign. Uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs' Mars essentially. Okay. Uh, using the Savage World system. And he runs it online. So I'm starting up. He was looking for a new player. Yeah, so I'm starting up on that uh, Friday. That's okay. Friday. And that, so looking forward to that. Video gaming, haven't done much anything. I think for two podcasts back, I was talking about... Uh, trying to get through Shadowrun Dragonfall. Mm-hmm. I haven't progressed at all since then. <laughs> the only video gaming I do these days is my daughter keeps getting me to play the Spider-Man playset in Disney Infinity with her. Okay. It's a decent little game, but uh, I'm getting kind of tired of it. <laughs> but uh, we've actually... Uh, oh. Disney Infinity, of course, you buy the figurines and you different figurines and playsets or whatever we have two that are compatible with the Spider-Man playset, Spider-Man and Nova and we've pretty much finished leveling them all the way up to level 20 which is the maximum in Disney Infinity 2.0 Okay. so they're fun, they've got some special moves in that Yeah, Infinity's not a game I've gotten into but I'm playing Marvel Superheroes or Marvel Heroes 2016 I think they just rebranded us which is like a Diablo style game but okay. with Marvel heroes, uh, they have six play- playable characters. That... I thought it was fifty playable characters. Well, the, the, they have I think fifty-two or fifty-three now that are all playable. But for free, you get actually no. They got they got away with that. They got they they got rid of that. You can now level anyone up to, to level ten, level tw- ten or twenty. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's ten because I just started playing it myself. Did you? Yeah. It's uh, it's a fun game actually. Um, I've gotten everyone because <laughs> I've been playing it for about two years now. Um, I was in, in the beta when it first came out, and it has changed so drastically since then. They basically did away with a lot of the things that people were complaining about, and streamlined it, and made it a bit easier to play, more available or more accessible to uh, to new players and younger players. Uh, the one thing it has about it, though, is because it's a free-to-play game. It's one of those where if if you want to spend money, you can get everything quickly. If you're trying to actually slowly work your way up and, and unlock new characters, it could take you like six months to a year. So it's it's a it's it's a game more geared towards uh, if you want to spend money. But you certainly are able to play it for free. You just don't have the the, uh, the range of characters you can play. I should look into that. It's fun. Um, and if you have, it, it runs on Steam. So if you have anything through Steam, it'll play with that. Uh, and they have their standalone launcher as well, which is compatible with 
I know for sure uh, Mac and Windows, and I think they have a Linux-based one as well. Okay, that'd be cool. Um, on the Linux, on the Linux gaming front, to that, uh, I haven't been able to get to it at all yet. But one of the stretch goals that was met for the uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong mm-hmm. Kickstarter was uh, a second campaign, essentially, that you could take your character in after you finish Hong Kong and keep going with it. Okay. And that and that just got released yesterday. Oh, nice. So it's available. If, if, if you bought the game previously, it's available to you. Like uh, it's a Steam update. So next right. time I go into Steam, it should happen automatically. Right. And that's um, so I I played the original and I played Dragonfall. I what's what's the third one? The one you Hong Kong. Hong Kong. I, Hong Kong. I haven't picked up yet, and I I missed the Kickstarter for it. However, I, there's a Steam sale going on right now for the lunar calendar, like the Chinese New Year thing. Okay. Um, and so one of the things they have on sale is a different Shadowrun system altogether. Really? Which I picked up, and I haven't tried out yet. Okay. Um, I, can, I, I'll, I can put details about it in the liner notes for the, um, for the podcast. Yeah. And maybe I can link to the Steam page or something. I'll figure out something. From what it looks like, I don't think Hairbrain schemes, that, that's the people who made it, right? Yeah, that's the people who uh, did the work. I don't think they were involved. I think it's a different system that uses the Shadowrun rules. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that out. One of the things that I heard interesting, uh, sorry, I guess we were almost shifting into like news. We are. I haven't, I haven't talked about my boots in the hobby so, yeah, at which all. Yeah, is a fair. That's fine. Um, I'm used to it. Is that apparently there's a official, officially licensed D and D remote tabletop stuff through Steam? Yep. I was, yes. just, I was just reading about this. It came out in like the last couple of weeks yeah. or so. That's kind of interesting. Um, I know that um, one of our friends, the people that we play 40k with, uses I think that same interface to play 40k. Um, I haven't seen any progress on how he's progressed with that or if he's got it up and running, but uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him sometime soon. Um, I, I know I've been looking into um, various virtual interfaces that you can use to play tabletop games. Not tabletop as in miniatures, but tabletop as in uh, pen and paper D&D. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I started doing a bit of research. Um, there are a lot that you can pay for but that starts to get expensive if you have like five or six people that are wanting to play it. Yeah. So we're looking at some of the free options. I've got one of them downloaded. Well, it's not really a download. It's more like an account that you create, and then you go onto a website and then create your virtual thing there, and everyone yeah. joins you there. Um, I don't remember the uh, name of it. Roll twenty by any chance? It's not roll twenty because I'm I, I don't do any of the D twenty games. Okay. But uh, it's it's something similar to that. I haven't been able to get it figured out yet. Like I haven't apparently done enough research into this specific one to get for me to be able to put a map on, uh, get some character sheets created, put them online. So once I figure out how to do that, I know that uh, my friend Tara wants to start a an online game. Yeah. Since she's not available to to, to yeah, game. I 
can't imagine there's a terrible amount of people gaming in her small New Brunswick town. That that's the problem that she has right now, and that you know she has a couple of high school friends that she still hangs out with, but like gaming wise, she's kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I'd be in pretty much the same boat in Wicago if I ever went back there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I check out Roll Twenty simply because it's not strictly for D twenty stuff. Okay. I that's actually where my friend Trent is doing his oh, World okay. campaign okay. stuff. So, uh, so yeah, but that's cool. So, what have you been up to in the hobby? Uh, I'm still doing the um, the Star Wars campaign. Uh, those of you who are listening to The Force is Not Always With You uh, can hear the ongoing adventures of, uh, of, of my friends. These, these are the friends that I actually stole from Tara. <laughs> it's, it's the group that I started oh, hanging out with her. You didn't steal them. She abandoned them. She abandoned them, right. I, I picked up the pieces. That's, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, Tara, that was a joke. <laughs> no, we're actually having a really good time with it, and I can't wait to get some more episodes of that released. There's one episode ready to go right now, so before you hear this, it will have already been released. And then I still have another... Four hours from our last gaming session, and I think two hours from the session before that. So at least six, six to seven more weeks worth of content already, which is good because we're not going to be meeting this month to play the game because of this alternate thing that we're doing because Tara's going to be in town. Uh, but the good news is, you we will not run out of the Force Not Always With You episodes. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm actually really happy. This is one of the few campaigns that I've actually managed to get going on a regular basis. Like, we've been playing now for four months, and we've gotten five or six sessions together, which is fantastic. A lot of times you get made one or two, and then people's um, schedules become really busy, and Christmas was coming up, so we were worried that we wouldn't get one in then. But it's, it's all managed to work out so far. Now, that's one of the remarkable things about our Wednesday night mm-hmm. campaigns every, every second Wednesday. It's, it's been great. a while since we had to cancel one of those. Yeah. I mean, like, it's been, it's been a long while. Well, there's, was, uh, there's uh, seven characters, including the prince. Yeah, it was, it was dicey for a little bit there because it was uh, just we, had three, we had three players. Right. We, we were down to three players. And then um, I, re- I recruited a friend of mine named Gavin, who hadn't been gaming for a while and was more than happy to uh, to join in. And then after he once he came, there were four of us, and right. so that worked out pretty well. But then two of the players who left came back, <laughs> and Pat Cleason decided to join us. Right. So all of a sudden, we went to we went from. Three players plus the S- ST had put to like six. Right. <laughs> plus, or sorry, seven. Mm-hmm. Seven players plus the ST. So we actually have the party is eight characters when you count the prince. Yeah. So <laughs> the prince is our main NPC. Right. He's the MacGuffin that gets he's everybody. The, yeah, he is, he, he is the plot device. Use the plot device, but uh, yeah, so that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that things are working out so well for you. Yeah. Um, other than that, gaming-wise, it's mainly just been video games. Um, we talked last episode, Pat and I, about a couple of the mobile games that we started up, mainly Star Wars related. Um, still 
going strong in both Galaxy of Heroes and Uprising. Uprising is super fun. Yeah. So I, I picked up a, a ton of games over the past two weeks because of the sale. When I actually get get through playing them, maybe I'll start talking about them. Some of them I haven't even downloaded yet. I've just got added them to my collection. Um, that's really about it. Yeah, believe it or not, the game I spend most time on lately is this stupid little uh, mobile game called Subway Surfers. And it's just because my daughter loves it and she loves picking up new characters and all all this stuff. Okay. So I base like when I'm sitting when I'm sitting around just watching T V or whatever, I'll usually just grind that for a while just to get coins for her so she can buy other stuff. Okay. That <laughs> uh, it, it earns me dad points. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah. mind. Very mindless little thing. Okay, so let's talk uh, news and rumors. Uh, anyone excited about anything coming up? We've got Deadpool coming up next, ne- coming mm-hmm. out next weekend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or by the time you hear this, it may have just come out, depending yeah. on I got how long us, it takes me. You know, I, I want to go see it. I don't know when I'll get a chance right. to, but I want to. I am impressed with the marketing effort. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they've they've gone all out. Yeah. Well, I, and I gotta say, whoever, whoever they've got doing the marketing, imaginative. Yeah. Marketing. Have you guys seen the public service announcements? Yep. No, I don't watch TV, so I don't see any. Well, well no, it's not this a, is all like on YouTube. And stuff. Oh, okay. Um, not spoiling anything to say that uh, Deadpool's origins revolve around cancer. Right. And so they put out some public service announcements in inimitable Deadpool style. Okay. Ryan Reynolds basically telling people to check themselves for prostate and breast cancer. Okay. <laughs> one, they did one PSA for, for one each. Public server them for each. Uh, that, actually, it was testicular cancer, wasn't it? Um, yeah, sorry, just testicular. Um, you know, and of course, this being Deadpool, he's talking about testicular cancer. Cancer. He's leaning on a pool table, shuffling a pair of pool balls between his right. <laughs> and his hand. You know, so <laughs> it's it's Deadpool. Yeah. So now. Really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're now into February. May really isn't all that far away. True. Captain America: Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that should be good. Yeah. And that. Uh, I just hope it's not going to be character overload. Overload. Oh, guaranteed it will be. Well, they're going to have a lot of characters, but. Yeah. Hopefully, it's not going to ruin the story. Mm. And I don't. I don't think it will. They've done a good job with Captain America so far. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely been their best trilogy. Well, Winter, I think. Winter Soldier... Well, they've only done two so far. Yes, but, yeah. well, so, Civil War. Right. Uh, unless they mess up Civil War, it's still going to be the best trilogy. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Winter Soldier was a very oh, strong film. Okay. Yeah, that, that was a great movie without even talking about it being a comic book movie. That was a great movie, period. Yeah. Well, I think that's the movie that proved to Marvel that you don't do comic book movies, you do genre movies that involve superheroes. Right. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, we're starting to get some trickles of information about Luke Cage mm-hmm. on the Netflix front. Mm-hmm. So That's what, April or May? Haven't announced Oh, they haven't announced it yet. Okay. So, it's weird that they're doing Daredevil Season 2 before they put out 
one of the other four franchises they originally discussed. Well, it makes sense because productions have their own life. Right. They have their own life cycle and everything like that. So if you're going to do a second season of something, you move it into production without waiting for other stuff to finish because right. you want to keep the sets up. Right. You want to keep the talent involved. You don't want to... Because everyone's going to have clauses in their contract that if it's not an active production that they're free to go off and do other stuff. Sure. And so you don't want to risk there being timing conflicts right. and everything like that. So, I mean, it's the same reason why things got shuffled around a little bit so they could do Ant-Man and the Wasp right. on the movie side of things because, hey, you've got a success, you want to move, you want to build on that success, you can't wait until 2020 when the rest of your slate that you've projected is done because... Right. You know, whatever whatever heat's been underneath your property is, we'll is it's gone cold. Yeah. So. Well, and another thing is uh, not to spoil too much for uh, Dwayne, but uh, Jessica Jones basically is season point five of Luke Cage. Right. Yeah. That's no, true. No, there, there, there's a lot I've, of Luke I've, Cage. I've, in I've that heard connection. a fair number of spoilers, and knowing a bit about Alias, the comic book mm-hmm. background of Jessica Jones. There's a few things that, that I know, and especially the later history. If anyone's been s- seeing anything of Jessica Jones in the comics, you know just how much Luke Cage is part of her story. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah. uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they keep from Cage's background and what right. they shuffle around and everything like that because there's certain aspects of Cage's backstory that simply can't work anymore. I I mean, in the comic books, Luke Cage is a guy wrongfully convicted, Mm. gains superpowers, breaks out of prison, and goes to ground in New York City and creates a new life for himself. In this day and age, that doesn't really work. Correct. It's much harder to disappear into the background noise in 2015 or 2016 than it was in 1975. Sure. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, they'll probably cut out the criminal part of his background. Maybe. Maybe not altogether. They may not cut out the criminal part. I would expect that they would cut out the prison break part. So, but hard to say. Um, I did get a kick out of the creative casting they did for uh, for Jaron Hogarth in Jessica Jones. Um, I can't remember. I think they changed the name slightly, but in the comics, Hogarth was a longtime supporting character for Power Man, okay. and was a heat. Right. And for the uh, show, they cast the. Fantastic Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, great to see her again. Like, I yeah, it's, it's been I a haven't while seen her since I've seen much. Her anything. Like, she's she's been active in that. She just hasn't done anything that I was particularly interested in watching. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, but you know, so looking forward to that. It's just it's a big year. Yeah. I think it's the biggest year for genre flicks, maybe ever. 
could be. There's just so much. Yep, Batman vs. Superman two, comes yeah. out. We've got two DC films, Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide we've, Squad I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, we've got the usual two Marvel Studios flicks, mm-hmm. Civil War and Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. And there's two uh, We've got Fox. two Fox Marvel movies, yeah. Deadpool and yeah, Age of Apocalypse. Apocalypse yeah. Which apparently they've gone back and kind of redone parts of it to make Apocalypse a bit more close to the comics, I guess. They may have deviated a little too far and people were complaining about it. Uh-huh. So they've gone back and, uh, and kind of reimagined his look. Yeah. Yeah, the, those so, X-Men movies have been pretty good so far. So I'm looking forward to this one too. Yeah. That's I mean, another good franchise. They had, they've had one misstep. Well, you could argue... You okay, the, the, the Wolverine movies, like the standalone movies, they have, haven't been great. No. Um, I like the last one. The yeah. old man the, Wol- one? The, the Wolverine was decent. It followed the the miniseries it was based on fairly well. Okay. Yeah. Um, another bit of Frank Miller work. Right. Uh, X-Men 3? Yeesh. Yeah, there were parts of it that were stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, like, for instance, Quicksilver could have solved the entire problem. Well, no, that on was his ex- own. no, that's, that's that's first first class. No, not first class. No, or, sorry, not first. No, class. it's it's um, the the yeah. last X Men movie. Yeah, sorry. Had, uh, uh, yeah, but that was an X Men three. Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah. X-Men 3, I'm talking about, like, uh, the oh, last oh, 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 the actual X-Men 3, okay, yeah. where, um, where Phoenix, Dark Phoenix... Yeah, they're, they're very different take of the right. whole Dark Phoenix thing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that was not a great movie. Uh, I actually, you know? I actually like it maybe better than X-Men 2. Really? Although now I'm trying to remember what X-Men 2 was about. X-Men 2 was the William Stryker thing with Wolverine finding out his past. All right, that was, ah, I didn't really care for that as much. Like, yeah. I loved, I loved how Wolverine, though, was basically regenerating himself as Dark Phoenix is tearing him apart. So at, at parts you see that, him down to That's in the third one. That yeah. was the third one, yeah. That's the third one. But yeah, but it's been a decent, it's been a decent run for Fox. Yeah, sure. As long as they're not doing anything too fantastic. Well, we said that was a bit, has been a good franchise for Fox. We didn't say anything about Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the first Fantastic Four was decent. I like both of them. The second one was uh, I had problems with it, mainly yeah. because Silver Surfer was my big my big comic. Uh-huh. Like that was the one I collected religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them I kind of sporadically would read and then sometimes I would pick up the graphic novels or the uh, the anthologies. But Silver Surfer was it for me for a very long time. My, my main problem with uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer was that it was heavily influenced by the ultimate Fantastic Four sure. from the ultimate line and everything like that. And as the problem there is that the Fantastic Four in that book are much younger. Right. Like, you know, late teens, early 20s. Right. All of them. And so some of the dialogue, which from what I've been told by reliable sources was taken almost verbatim from Ultimate Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. really doesn't work right. when With it's being people. 
said by a 40-year-old Joan Gruffith. Sure. As much as I like Gruffith as an actor, mm-hmm. and that it just doesn't work <laughs> because it's wrong. It's wrong for the character. Right. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, on other genre stuff, uh, once the tomorrow has started airing. I've seen nothing about it, heard nothing about it, didn't even watch the trailer. Yeah, purposefully. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, without any spoilers, I'm enjoying it. Oh, it sounds uh, amazing. Everyone my, loves my it. My wife is enjoying it. That's good. You know, so that's cool. Uh, you know, it'll be well worth uh, your time when the DVD set comes out. I don't know. I've, uh, I've, I've been watching it as well, and there, there's a bit a major plot error that I think they're glossing over. Yeah. Because your main villain is immortal. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the story is to destroy him before he can do too much damage to the world. Um, but he's not always immortal. He was made immortal at one point, because that whole thing is tied into uh, you know, Vandal Savage with Hawkgirl and Hawkman. So, if you've got the ability to travel time, through time... Mm-hmm. You know when he gets created as an immortal. Right. Solving the problem is pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole Hitler conundrum, right? You kill him as as a baby, or before any so, time before he becomes immortal. They've 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 already they've already dealt with it. Well, sort of. Yeah. He so the one guy goes once back there. Who says that he's not allowed to go back again, or go back to an even earlier moment? Well, the problem the problem there. Well, you don't have a TV series if you do. Yeah, but it also creates a paradox because... Their entire mission is to create a paradox. Yeah, but within his own personal timeline, he went back and he made an attempt at point A. If he makes an an attempt at point A minus 1, essentially earlier, and succeeds, he can't have made the attempt at point A because it comes... Later in the guy in the target's lifetime. Yes. And so then, but I don't. Okay. I don't know if how he, that will if he succeeds in what he's doing, the way he's trying to do it, his entire purpose for doing the mission in the first place falls apart. Yeah. But so far, they are continually moving forward in time. They're not going back to an earlier, an earlier time to try earlier. They're trying later. Yes. So that seems to be one of the rules of time travel. That they're going by. I I don't know about that. I don't know anything about it, so I I can't take part. I think that's just the writers drawing on their own experience. Probably. Yeah, but anyways, because really, there's no reason why they can't go back to the Middle Ages or the Roman times. My favorite comment on time travel has always been uh, a a Star Trek: The Next Generation novel called Imzadi Mm -hmm. by an author named Peter David. I highly recommend it. Standalone. It's really fun stuff, and it's a quote from Jordy LaForge. It says, "This is why time travel gives me nosebleeds." <laughs> and so, whenever I think too much problems on time travel, I remember that quote. Right. This is why time travel gives me nosebleeds. But uh, enjoying that, uh, the new Lucifer series has begun. TV show. TV show about the fallen angel. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, um, it is loosely based on the Neil Gaiman version of Lucifer okay. from Sandman, who eventually 
basically said, you know what, I'm not done rebelling, so I'm rebelling against being in this role, I've had enough, enjoy help, I'm out of here. And he moves to Los Angeles. Well, hold on though, um, Sandman the guy who puts people to sleep, or Sandman the guy who punches people with, with a body made of sand? Uh, Sandman... The embodiment, the embodiment of uh, dream? dream? Dream, okay. okay. Yeah. Neil Gaiman's um, Neil, Neil Gaiman's okay. famous series from like the early 90s. So, so not Spider-Man villain, Sam. No, not Spider-Man no. villain. So Lucifer Morningstar pops up as a side character in Sandman. He eventually got his own book okay. where he took off from hell and moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> so... They've taken that take on the character. Okay. And for bizarre reasons, have made it a bit of a police procedural. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The nice thing is, is that, like, there's only been two episodes so far. Mm -hmm. I'm only partway through the second one. Okay. The, The actor's take on Lucifer is entertaining enough that I can overlook the fact that they're making him fight crime because he is completely open with who he is. Okay. Like he does not. So he tells no, people that he he's... introduces himself as Lucifer Morningstar. Okay. Like people are going like at one at one point uh, he's sitting next to his female lead's daughter. At her school, he goes, "What's your name?" And he goes, "Lucifer." Like the devil? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, 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 I like. He'll, he's here going, like he'll say to the cop that he's ended up working with. Mm-hmm. He's going, "What part of immortal are you not getting?" But she's wondering how he survives being shot six times. Yeah. Right. She goes, "What's your secret?" It's not a secret when I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, okay. so... That alone makes it sound amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the plot isn't so much that he's trying to solve mysteries, so much as he's trying to solve the mystery of the woman, the, yeah. the, the, yeah, the detective the, that he's the, the sort hook, of paired up with. The <laughs> hook is that the detective, like... The detective is pretty the much immune to his abilities. Yeah, the, he meets the detective because someone he actually likes gets killed. Okay. And he decides, you know, I'm not letting the L.A. Police Department handle this. They're not going to give it, like, the priority I think should be. Now right. I'm going to handle it myself. Right. And that brings him into contact with the detective assigned to the case. And he discovers that she doesn't react to him like any other human. Okay. Like, at one, at one point, she's like, you could have had her, he goes, did my father send you? <laughs> you know? And, and stuff. And so, in the second episodes, she's trying to figure him out. Right. He's trying to figure her out. Right. So, as far as hooks go, it's not bad. Right. But he is not hiding anything okay. about himself. So he tells Large, everybody that he's oh, yeah. the devil. Okay. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, like, in the first episode, before she gets killed, she's asking him, did I sell myself for this? And he's going, no, 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 no. I just 
made a few calls, pulled in a few favors. <laughs> you know, but whether you get to hell is completely on your on yourself. And you know what's with humans blaming me for everything anyway? <laughs> so, I, anyways, um, I recommend you check it out in your own sounds time. Sounds amazing. Um, we'll see. It, we'll see if the second episode holds up to the first. Um, have you seen all of it? What did you yep. think? Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if it holds up over time. Sure. It could get boring. I don't know. But well, uh, certainly once she starts believing him, I think uh, a lot of the mystery will start disappearing from it. Yeah. But uh, but she can't be a detective and stay that naive for that long either. I should hope not. But uh, oh, and uh, they've introduced his therapist, and that is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> the devil has that's a all, therapist. Yes, yes. That's, <laughs> I, that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. The devil has a therapist. Um, and it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, my, my favorite version of the devil that I've seen so far has probably been in Reaper. For me, it's a tie. Reaper is right up there. The other one is from a very short-lived series on Fox called Brimstone. Okay. And I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, it starred John Glover as, as the devil. Really? And, he makes a very good Lex Luthor. Oh, he made a great Lex Luthor. He made a fantastic devil, and the whole plot of it was um, a cop kills his wife's rapist, okay. and then ends up getting killed in the line of duty, gets sent to hell. Okay. There's a jailbreak from hell, okay. and the devil is all like, no, no, people don't get away from me. That doesn't happen. Okay. But of course, under the rules, the devil can't operate openly on the face of the earth. Right. It doesn't work that way. Right. So, so he basically says to this cop, you're going to get them for me. Oh, yeah, and he basically becomes like a bounty hunter, and he, yeah. he hunts down He has tattoos, souls. and every time he gets one of them, tattoo burns away. Very painfully. Because, of course, it's the devil. Yeah, He's course. not really... You know, the guy wakes up every morning with ten bucks in his pocket. Right. And that's it. If he ever gets any more money, it vanishes the next day. <laughs> okay. You know, like, essentially, you know, he, as the devil reminds him, he's like, going, you're not on the earth to finish up old business. Right. You're not on there to enjoy life's little pleasures. Right. You're here because I put you here to do a job. Right. But you're still going to suffer. <laughs> and Glover was just fantastic with it. Okay. I think the show lasted like half a season. Yeah. And it was Fox. Like yeah. I said. But, uh... Any premise that sounds really good usually gets cancelled pretty quickly. That's what I found. But yeah, so... Um, in Arrowverse stuff, mm-hmm. uh... CW has a... a web portal called CWC. And they do original web programming for it. And one of the things they've done is an animated series based on a DC character called Vixen. Um, she's also uh, popped up, I think, on Justice League Unlimited a ways back or whatever. Okay. Essentially, African-American superhero with animal powers can become as strong as a rhino. Okay. You know, fast as a cheetah. Okay. All this stuff. Well, uh... They're going to bring her on as a guest star on The Flash. Nice. Um, the actress who does the voice 
for the animated character is going to be playing the character. That's awesome. Uh, did you ever see the 4400? Uh, no. Interesting little little show film in Vancouver. But anyways, she was one of the main characters. Megan Elguanchik or something. It's, a, it's an, I believe it's an African last name, and it's... I can't pronounce it properly. What's the 4400 about? Uh, essentially, people a bunch of people who by... have disappeared oh, yeah, okay. came the, back the alien with abilities. Right, okay. It was actually to the future, but uh, no aliens involved. But anyways, uh, I really liked it. Another show canceled before its time, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, uh, but yeah, so she's going to be showing up. Uh, they're doing a crossover between The Flash and Supergirl. Or interesting, or to be more it, exact, the Flash will be appearing in, in Supergirl because it, it, they made it appear that Supergirl was going to be a different universal. She it is, it is because it's a different, it's a different network. Yes, and also, well, the same way they Superman is famous in Supergirl, right? And but no one knows about him in Arrowverse. Yeah, so right. there, there's obviously no Superman in the Arrowverse, right? But because he's, doing, he's he crosses dimensions. They've been doing interdimensional trans right. travel in this season of The Flash. Okay. So I imagine he's just going to end up in a slightly stranger universe. Right. Yeah. Where so, there are actual supers. Yeah. So the fun the fun thing there, of course, <coughs> is that both Grant Gust and Melissa Benoist uh, appeared in Glee. So they're okay. old friends. Okay. And so you know that's. One thing that I'm sure they're that they're having fun with. I've heard good things about Supergirl. I'm enjoying it. I'm really behind on it, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it. But, um, but of course, I'm one of the few people who actually liked the Supergirl movie. I enjoyed that. It was campy as hell. Oh, of course it was. It was. But you have to expect that from yeah. A well, Supergirl they, well, the thing is, is that they basically kind of took the vibe of the Richard Donner yeah. Superman films, and then. Crank that up a little bit <laughs> towards the camp side and the bizarre side, mm-hmm. and that. But it was uh, it was the Salkinds who produced Supergirl film, mm-hmm. so you can understand why it had a similar kind of feel sure. in some ways. And you know, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, you know, the uh, teenage me quickly felt a crush on Slater. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, very lovely woman, still lovely. Uh, I just saw. Her first real guest appearance on Supergirl, actually. Really? Um, yeah, she plays uh, the adopted the foster, mother. the foster mom yeah. on, Su- on Supergirl, mm. alongside Dean Kane. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, which I thought that was. Oh, good. If they could work a Terry Hatcher <laughs> um, cameo cameo in there, you know. Oh, they did they did one better. Laura Vandervoort is going to be a recurring. Player on Supergirl, Vanderford, of course, played Supergirl several times over on Smallville. Okay, so that's coming up over the next couple of months. Nice and stuff. So. Uh, I, I love when they bring back people from other shows that have been in the, the same universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Welling has been asked if he would ever consider, as Superman is a thing in the Supergirl universe, right. would he consider being Superman but it would be for weird. that show? It would be weird if it he were the weird. Superman and the yeah. Supergirl is a different girl. Yeah, but... Just an uh, actor. Anyways, you know. True. He, yeah, of course. 
but uh, yeah. I didn't get why they didn't take Tom Welling as the next. Why they went to well, Brandon Ralph? Is that Brandon Ralph? Ralph? Yeah, who's who's now playing uh, the Adam? The Adam. Adam. Yeah. The Adam. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, DC really wants this clear yeah. Yeah. delineation between their TV and their films. However, because of all the world jumping that's happening now on TV, there is a precedent for having world jumping happen between the movies and TV. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I love The Flash. Yeah. I mean, like... It is a very, very... It's a fun show. I'll I'll put it to you this way, because I have to prioritize what I watch on TV. Sure. I am up to date on The Flash. Right. I'm several episodes behind on Arrow, right. for example. Well, Arrow's I'm several a, episodes behind on Supergirl. Arrow's a crazy dark universe. Yeah. Whereas The Flash is far more light and airy, and they make yeah. jokes. And they just seem like they're a happier bunch of people. But, I mean, like, I have very little interest in seeing a Flash movie because okay. I've already got an excellent Flash on the TV show sure. for like 22 episodes a season with a tremendous actor doing it named mm-hmm. Grant Gust. Yeah. So, I mean, like, will I be rushing out to see The Flash in theaters when it comes out in like three, four years? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't know? I, I like that he's going to be appearing, I think, in the Batman vs. Superman movie. Yep. He's supposed to... All, all of the Justice League is basically supposed to have cameos, at right. least. I think, from what I've been hearing, Wonder Woman is the only one who's going to have any real amount of screen time. Right, because they're actually using it to kick off her movie. Yeah. One of the neat things I've heard about her film, uh, set in World War One. Really? Yeah. Yes. Set in World War Two. yeah. Which I think really, really works. Because... You know, you have a character coming from paradise mm. to bring a message of peace to man's world. And the thing with World War II is there's a very clear-cut bad guy. Right. We've been using the Nazis as bad guys now for, like, you know, 70 years. Sure. And uh, World War One, Not so much. Right. World War One was just basically this mess. I mean, huge, massive mess. And lots of very unpleasant things being done. I mean, like, sure. at least World War II, they weren't really using mustard gas. Right. Yeah. You know? So, you bring in... If if there's a human conflict that could get Wonder Woman to turn her back on the human race for, like, a hundred years or so, World War One, I, I think that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know? Have her go in there and battle and try to make things better and eventually right. get fed up with mankind and leave. Right. Yeah. World War One, I, I think that'll that'll do it. And now we're and about the 100 year mark. It, but right. when when her movie comes out in, uh, I believe it's supposed to be 2017. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much exactly 100 years since the end of World War One. Right. So so that's pretty good timing, I think. And it also separates it from Captain America. Right. Captain America is firmly in World War Two. Right. Instead of putting something else in World War Two, have World War One. Interesting. You know? So, uh, I've seen the trailer several times for Superman v Batman, mm-hmm. and I will say they give Wonder Woman a fantastic entrance. 
Love it. <laughs> okay. Love it. Well, at least it's her entrance in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they'll, it, what her entrance will be in the movie. Right. But uh, I'm not terribly interested in the film, except really I, I want to see what they do with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure um, Ben Affleck will be fine as Batman. Yeah, I have no problem. Henry Cavill is okay as Superman. Sure. You know, uh, I will say Jesse Eisenberg seems to be going for a very different take on Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. But uh, it won't, you know, I won't be chomping at the bit to get out to see Superman v. Batman opening weekend. No. Uh, in fact, we made, we made this comment before they switched the opening dates when they said it was opening the same day as, uh, as Captain America Civil War. And, like, I'm the biggest Superman fan to the point where I have his shield tattooed on my arm. Yep. And yet I would rather go see that Civil War movie first. Before I bother seeing that, now. yeah. So yeah, no, just drama-wise, so much stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, the new Ghostbusters is coming out this year. Wait, is this the all-female Ghostbusters? Yes. Because yes. they were talking about doing an all-male Ghostbusters. Off the table now. Is thank it now? God, that came off. That came off just as so petty. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, you know the. The raging fanboys can't handle having four women with the proton packs, so we'll put together a guy's one, you know, just to just to pat them on the head because they but can't. There, there already was the original. Was yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm I'm okay with a world where we have multiple Ghostbusters, yeah, even so if they're working in parallel. But, yeah, but the thing is, is that like, you know, get one out of the way, and then a year or two later, do Maybe. a different one if you want to. You know, I mean, like. You know, show show some faith in your decisions by letting it stand, <laughs> and apparently they are, which is which is good. So I mean, we know the cast for yeah. I know there are two of them. Is one is Kristen Wiig, I think, and the other one is uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy's in it. Uh, Kate McKinnon. I don't know her. Um, she's Saturday Night Live, I think. Uh, Leslie Jones. Is that another name? Another Saturday Night Live person. Okay. And I think. Uh, Wig. Yeah. I think you're right there. There's I'm also sure. uh, Chris Hemsworth is in it as well. Yeah. Oh, he's the secretary? He's the secretary. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The, that's, the that's, great. <laughs> that's great. Although, if you think about it, the in the original Ghostbusters, their secretary wasn't Janine, eye candy. No. Uh, I mean, like... Uh, she was like this mousy nerd. Well, that's how they made her up anyways. Yeah. The actress oh, yeah, in question, lovely lady... Um, that, that's when, true of any movie where there's a nerdy or ugly girl. Yeah. It's always a beautiful woman who's made ugly. Yeah, pretty much. They very rarely actually find ugly people to play in movies. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you've got that Rogue One yeah. coming out this year. That looks interesting. You know. December um, time frame again, right? No, no. Fall. They're still aiming for episode eight for December, if I remember right. December next year. Yeah, December next. December next year. Okay. But I don't think it's December next year. I think it's no. They moved it to September. They they? moved it to September. Did either of you guys watch the Expanse? Um, No, I have it all on disc though. Okay. Very, very, very good good sci-fi. Thanks. I've heard this is the one that was canceled. Nope, not canceled. They just finished the end of season season one. one. Okay. Yeah. And is it on Netflix? No. No, it was on Sci-Fi. Okay. Well, if and when it finally comes out, I'll probably pick it up. Um, I did watch on Netflix... Oh, crap, what the hell was that show called? The one where they're on the ship? 
They're going off into space. It's like a, a colony ship that was sent out in the 60s. Oh, uh, uh, Ascension. Ascension. Ascension, yes. Yes. I really liked Ascension. Unfortunately, and it failed. I know. Unfortunately, it failed. I thought it was the twist on that. And I won't say anything more in yeah. case some people want to look it up. The twist was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. Was... And totally didn't see it coming. No, I didn't. I did not. I would describe uh, The Expanse as Game of Thrones in space. Oh, Lots so a lot of people, people have been using that description. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Well, why don't we just say goodbye now that we've covered pretty much everything we were going to cover. And uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you in the next episode. Uh-huh.